Be your own boss, set your own hours, get rich quick. I'm sure you've heard this before. Nothing comes easy but with Amazon FBA's launch supercharge the process to grow a sustainable, scalable, and profitable FBA business right now. Get personalized one-on-one -on -one coaching, daily online arbitrage leads lists, assistance with ungating, seller central account feedback, and much more. Visit fbaprofits.us and click FBA Launch to learn more. Hi, welcome to FBA Profits. My name is Leland. I am Zuby. Today we're going to, uh, I guess, continue part of our Keepa discussion from before, but a little bit of the, the secret formula to possibly being able to understand specific or, uh, I guess, estimated. Uh, velocity or sales using the, the the Keepa information that's available. And that didn't make any sense to me whatsoever, <laughs> but it's a deeper dive into what we were doing and disclosed in Keepa that, that one of the charts we can really, the data and the chart we can use to try to understand uh, sales and then understand velocity of certain, certain items. So uh, I'm going to pass it off to you. But before we start, you're going to see somewhere on the screen, uh, ASIN, it's B08, if you're listening, uh, HF as in Frank, KDWHP. It's also in the description. If you want to follow along, uh, it might be helpful to see uh, the, the graph. If you, if you have a chance, if you're listening somewhere, uh, if you're watching the video, you'll see it pop up here and you can understand the, the, where we're getting the numbers from. Yes. So yes. one of the most asked questions by new sellers, new Amazon sellers or sellers that have that are trying to start or have just started and trying to figure out how much inventory to send them when they find a good product um, or how to gauge how well a product is going to sell um, on, on any given ASIN um, is how many sales happens every month, every week, every two months. They want to know what to expect. And unfortunately, there is no uh, exact number that Amazon provides or that we can figure out, but there is a way for us to estimate it. Um, and we, we use um, some assumptions when we do the estimation, um, but it's the best uh, option we have right now there are, uh, the BSR is a great tool to, to tell us what percentage of the category um, that product is in. And if it's in the top one, two or 3%, those are great sellers, you know, it's going to sell a lot, but it doesn't really tell you how many. So if you want to make sure that you have sufficient inventory and that your velocity stays high, you don't run out of inventory when you find a really good selling product, how do you know how many units to purchase? How do you know how many units to expect to sell once it hits Amazon's warehouse. So um, Keepa is an amazing tool. It, it's, it's, it's basically, it just grabs every piece of data that Amazon uh, throws out there for any specific product or ASIN, and then it puts it in a chart format or a graph format um, for us to grab. And one of the things that um, it does grab for us is the number of review counts that a product has. And right now, um, the review counts or the increase in review, review counts is basically the best method, the best mathematical formula we can actually come up with 
to to estimate how many sales happen per month or per two months or three months or year um, on Amazon for any given product. Um, a few a few things to uh, sort of keep in mind as we go along doing this exercise is that um, historically uh, somewhere between one to five percent um, of sales of pe people purchasing products leave a review. Um, so on the conservative side, it's 5%. On the aggressive, on the conservative side, it's 1%. Uh, aggressive side is 5%. Um, you know, so we, we will, for today's example, we'll take a down the, down the middle number of 3%, uh, meaning that for every 100 people that purchases a specific product, um, if it was 1% of them leaving a review, that means only one of them will, will leave, leave a review. Um, which means that um, for if it was 3%, three of them would leave a review. 5%, five of them. On average, we're looking at that range of 1% to 5%, so we're going to just go by 3%. You can decide based on your, um, you know, based on your, uh, how, how aggressive you want to be, you can choose 1%, 2 3 4%, 5%. At three percent, we're just going to be right there in the middle of the road. So what we're saying is, for every hundred reviews that a product has, there will for every three reviews that a product has, that means there's a hundred sales on it. So it then becomes just a mathematical formula, and uh, the formula is pretty simple. But we're going to go through um, exactly how to figure it out um, right now. So the ASIN that's. Uh, that uh, Leland just mentioned is a uh, Barbie doll and pet boutique playset. It's a top 1% in the toys category. Amazon is usually in stock on it. So it's, you know, it's not a product that we necessarily want to compete against Amazon with, but it's a great product for us to look at this specific part of Keepa on. And generally speaking, you can use um, either a month, last month or last three months, last year, uh, to, to gauge the difference between review counts to determine how many reviews were given for a product. Um, but for us, we're going to do last three months. And that's, uh, I would recommend if you're going to be using this technique to, to come up with an estimate of how many products are selling on any, on any ASIN, um, use three months, and then you can break it down, divided by three, into monthly. So the process says, if you have a, the, the first thing is you have to have Keepa. The second thing is you have to have the paid version of Keepa. It's not that expensive. It is the value you get from it is, is well worth it. Um, so on the bottom part of the graph, um, there's two graphs on Keepa, on the Keepa extension, when you pull it up on a, on a product, on an Amazon product page, the bottom graph, the there's a, there's a new offer count, used offer count, collectible offer count, rating, and review count. So right now, the only thing we want to just have uh, marked off is the review count, which is a green line. And you'll see that for this product, and we want to do it for the last three months. Um, so, and that's all we're, that's all we're cons uh, considering for this, for this exercise. So in the last three months, you can see if you hover over Sunday, November 7th, you will see that there was 824 reviews on November 7th, 2001. Three months later, fast forward to February 5th, there is 1,962 reviews for this product. So just doing a quick math of 1,962 minus 824, 
it gives us 1,138 reviews that were given to this specific product over the last three months. So if we're using 3% of the people who are purchasing leave reviews, then we have to just divide this by 3% or by 0.03. So 1,138 reviews over three months divided by 0.03 gives us a number of 37,933 products estimated to have sold over the last three months on this. And then to determine what the monthly number was, you divide that by three. So we're estimating 12,644 units of this Barbie being sold on a monthly basis based on the last three months review count. Now, again, it's an estimate. So you don't wanna take this as, as the end all be all, but it's just the best option we have right now. So now 12,644 sounds like a lot of units being sold in one month. But if you look down at the bottom, you will see that the current BSR for this um, is 561. That's 561 in the toys category. And the toys category has millions of products in it. This means it's the 561st best selling product on Amazon. So 12, 13,000 units in a month makes perfect sense. It's, it's 90 day um, BSR is 539. Again, 12,644 makes perfect sense. And then you also sort of take a little bit deeper dive as you're analyzing whether this is something that's gonna continue going forward. This is a very popular toy and the, the, the date range that we are reviewing right now and analyzing falls dead smack on Q4, right? This is, this is the Q4 rush where people are just buying and buying and buying. So you have to keep that in mind as well. Now we can go back and look at the one year mark and redo this example. And we'll do that right now for you as well, just so that we can gauge to see how it's doing at different times of the year. But you can see that um, the, the calculation is fairly easy as long as you use Keepa accurately. So let's just take this exact same, um, same product, um, click on the one year chart, and let's go and we wanna, since we're in February, 2022 right now, we want to figure out what we can expect this product to sell between March and June based on how it did last year. So we just go down to the Keepa chart, just highlight you know, March through June, this is going to just zoom in on it. Um, and then we look at it. We look at the numbers again. Back uh, on March 1st, there was 128 reviews. March 1st of 2021. And then we come all the way back down to May 31st. And there was 384 reviews. So... Same calculation, right? 384 minus 128, we get 256. Again, we're looking at a three-month period. So 256, and we're estimating that 3% of people who purchase actually leave reviews. So we divide that 256 by 3%, and we get 8,533 units sold over three months. 
divide that by three, we get 2,844 units that we're estimating sold per month between March and June of 2021. Now, that's a huge difference, right? 10,000 unit difference between the 12,600 that it sold on the first, the last three months that we assessed um, versus the three months of March through June of 2021. So you can see that seasonality does make a huge difference. Um, and as you um, sort of look at a different three month period, the numbers are gonna change. Uh, but it does give you a very good idea that on a monthly basis, thousands of this product are selling. So um, I'm, you know, if you're a new seller or a newer seller, you're not purchasing thousands of units. But this is a very good exercise to kind of get an estimate of how many units you can expect the product to sell on Amazon that, that you're considering purchasing or sending in. Just to, oh, go sorry, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say the important thing about, about this estimation and this exercise is that you have to remember that it's an estimate. And if you're going to be um, analyzing and sort of doing a deep dive into your inventory sales and velocity um, of, of any products on your account, which you should be at from time to time, especially your fast sellers, it's important to keep a record of what your estimates were. And then when you send that product in, check the velocity of it, right? And you sell out on the, of the first batch that you sent in. Let's say you sent in a hundred of them. And as soon as they hit, they sell within two weeks. Well, that velocity tells you a lot more than the keeper chart would. But without having that velocity, the keeper chart is an amazing estimation. But even if you have a product that's been selling well, and you're using your velocity of, over the last three months and nine months, and what I mean by velocity is, is your sales velocity, how many units you've sold over a certain period of time. So if you had this product in March of 2020, uh, 2021, and you had a thousand units of it, you can actually go into your own account on your Seller Central account and check to see how, how many did you sell between March and June and what your monthly average was, exactly how many you sold per month and what your monthly average was. That sales velocity tells you a lot more specific data than the estimate that we're doing here with, with uh, Keepa. But if you combine the two based on your historical velocity, plus what you anticipate based on the estimates you're doing about future velocity based on the Keepa chart, um, you will get as close as possible to having a very solid number um, of how many units are selling um, on any one product. Sorry, Leland, I cut you off there. Oh, no, you're good. I didn't want to interrupt you. I, it, it's really um, a couple items. One is, so with, you, you actually added something that made me think of something else too. So there's, there's two items. So let, let me try to take these in the orders that, order that they, are, that they arose. Um, so let's, this is a really interesting example because it's a massive seller. And so, um, if there's a different example that might be tempered down, I would say one more step would also be to look at how many other sellers are on this product. So if it's something that's not yet part of your inventory and you're considering getting it, is it attractive? How attractive is it, right? So that's one of the things you, you might find something that fits the ROI model. You're expecting some type of return for each unit. Now you want to figure out how many units, how deep can you go on that product? 
um, you can do this and see that, hey, it's a good mover. But then if you look over and there's 30 sellers on it, now you have to factor that in too, because you're going to be one of these 30s. Now you're probably competing on how strong is your account? How strong is your pricing? How strong is your repricer? And all of those other factors. If you do this kind of metric and the number is solid, it's selling you know 1,200 a month and you have access to a few hundred and there's only one or two other sellers, you're probably in good shape. There's going to be enough uh, demand for you to participate in that in that product uh, selling. So that was, that was one other consideration besides, um, you know, how many, what, what, how many are really selling. And then I liked your point also about keeping the statistics rather than crumple up your notes and throw it away. Going back and looking at this, the sensitivity that we're building in is that one to 5% of, of reviews. So in my mind, I think about some of these products as being, is it something that I would take the time to write a review for. So there's some tech that I get, it might be a jump drive or whatever, unless it's broken, I'm probably not writing a review because it's it's a commodity, it's thrown away. But then there's other things that I'm so excited and like this play set may be one of those. You see the delight in your child playing with the Barbie and it motivates you like, I gotta let other people know this thing's really great. That number might be stronger. So as you see your own sales velocity in a specific category developing, you can slide that scale to be more true for you. So on some of the categories, it may be closer to 1% and some of the more robust ones where people care more about sharing their experience, it may be the higher 5%, but you have that control. And then moving forward with the next product and the next product within that category, you're getting more refined in your ability to forecast what you think you know your sales can possibly be for that for that specific product? Two great points. Um, I think your 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 point about the offer count or how other sellers is an excellent one because um, it's it's definitely you know th th this process that we're doing uh, is just estimating how many sales a product is having. But if you're like I said in the beginning, this Amazon has is on this listing, and you can see they they don't usually get off of the listing. So. Um, you know, Amazon usually has tens of thousands of units of something that's selling this much. So um, you're not going to be able to really compete against them. But if, if you're on a, on a listing that um, Amazon isn't on there, it's another great factor for Keepa is now, um, as of, I think a year ago, they started giving offer counts. Mm. Um, so um, they each, they actually give you the number of units that the sellers have, unless the seller has put a max on it. Um, so you can see how many units each of your competitors or each of the other sellers of this product have um, when you're analyzing whether something should, should be sold or not. And that's great because you can use that in conjunction with the estimated number that you just came up with as far as how many it sells per month. And you can see that the offer count was 15, right? 15 different sellers were selling a product, this product. And then you can go and see how many sellers are on it right now and see exactly how many units they have. So if you see that there's 30 different sellers on, on a product right now, but each of them have less than 10 units and the product sells for you know, 1,000 a month, well, that's 300, there's only 300 units out there. So granted more people are gonna, or more inventory can come in and will come in, but you can see that there is insufficient inventory to really not allow you to sell your products. Whereas if there's five sellers, but two of them have 10,000 plus units in, in, in stock, 
you know that's you want to stay away from that and just to sort of give a caveat to that um it's important to only gauge the sellers as as your competitors who are competing with you uh directly in other words if you're an fba seller only look at the fba sellers don't look at fbm sellers um because fbm sellers you know there's a lot of different uh, different things that go into play when you're competing against an FBM seller. And um, although Amazon's algorithm still does allow FBM sellers in certain places to get the buy box, it wasn't historically historically that. And I think that once this whole COVID thing kind of dies down, it's going to go back to giving FBA sellers the buy box more. So you're not really too worried about FBM sellers. Uh, but if you you filter it by FBA sellers, by prime sellers, and you see that um, you know there's ten different prime sellers, and the total unit count that they have combined is less than what you're estimating the sales to be, well, you just have another thumbs up or green light for actually either testing out that product or increasing your inventory for it. So that's a great point, Lou. All right. Anything else for using Keepa to try to? understand velocity and sales of a product so you can figure out your inventory for it there's yeah for sure but not for <laughs> i mean for right now yeah. <laughs> i mean there's always a larger i can more i can talk for hours about keepa and, and all the functionalities it has but um yeah no it's i mean th- th- this this was just important enough that uh we both felt it was a, a good piece of the the Keepa training that we just did and released on, on YouTube, it was a good piece of it just to pull out and, and do a, a video specifically on it because we get this question a lot. How, you know, how, how many units should I buy? How many units sells actually? And there is no software, no data point that anybody provides right now that would give you that answer. But there is this um, sort of estimating concept. So without it works. That's, you're giving some secret sauce away. Like this is part of the secret formula that works. Uh, and it, that, again, just the cap on it, you have to follow up with it. You can't just throw the dart, you know, like, hey, okay, I got this number, it's this, and then forget, because the magic is really going back, especially if you're going to find something that's like a, a meaningful, replenishable. But um, yeah, and, and, and an invite, I mean, the, a lot of what we're doing right now is some of the feedback that we get from the meetups that we've been having each month. And so if there's something that's inside Keepa or inside this process, no matter how simple the question seems or how new you are, ask it, post it. Because a lot of times we get really far afield. We get so deep down into the data or these other refined ways of looking at it. And uh, we blow right past some of the, the most critical, in my opinion, some of the most critical early stage things to, uh, to get into your, your toolbox. Yep, for sure. Thanks, Zubi. Thank you, buddy. Thank you for listening to the FBA Profits. Keep up to date with news, events, and all things FBA on their website fbaprofits.us 